Okay. I'm so excited right now because this is her second appearance on Pop Apologist. Maddie from the Bad Broadcast, this is your sophomore guest starring appearance on the show. Thank you so much for coming back. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. I want there to be like a five-timer jacket like on SNL. Like when I've done this five <laughs> times, I want to be awarded a letterman. We will make that happen. We'll do anything you want. I mean, you came on the show at the very, when we were really all kind of starting in this podcast game. Yes. And since you've really kind of taken over the podcast world, I feel like you've really, you are a star. It's true. No, fully are a star. Wrong, Let's just be honest. Wrong. Let's be honest. No, I have, it has, it has been wonderful. It has been a weird, I mean, you guys know like podcasting and I always tell people this, I'm like, podcasting is the wild west. Like there's no, nobody has, there's no standard. There's no rules. There's no set marker of like what's going to happen when. And so any, Mm -hmm. any sort of like milestone or like feeling like I might be doing this in an okay way is wonderful. So even you guys saying that is, is the highest compliment. No, I mean, uh, your your brother was bragging to uh, our brother-in-law yes. about how successful the show is. And he just, I'm, I'm he just wants to get on. He just wants to get on the show. I love hearing your p <laughs> <laughs> It was very, imp- very impressive. And also, you do it by yourself, which is just such a, yeah. a huge undertaking. Like, I just can't even imagine the pit in my stomach that I would feel if I felt like I had to just hop on a mic and be entertaining by myself every week. Well, I'm looking so for an it's out. it's really amazing. I'm looking for an out of the solo. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's why I'm having a kid, so I don't have to do it alone. No, um, I no doing a solo was definitely, I mean, I've talked to Kate Kennedy about it, who does Be There in Five, who's, she does long form solo podcasting, which crazy to me is a mental illness. Like I'm like, unfathomable. are you okay? Yes. But yeah, but that's why I have, I mean, yeah, we just we just did an episode of Bad Broadcast um, that'll be coming out in a few weeks with you guys. And that's why, I mean, I think at the beginning, I just did not appreciate like interviews and having people on enough because now I like crave having people on. And I cra- like I still do solo episodes, which is wonderful. But like having people on and especially other podcasters, I I love it. Like I was telling you guys, like even having technical difficulties, I'm like, I love when I do it with other podcasters because we all just know this is how it goes. This is what happens. And there's yeah. just, I like, I like this camaraderie and podcasting that we found. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. You need to have Kate Casey on your show because I love Kate Casey so much because literally if you have her on her show, you don't really have to talk at all. Like love. she is like <laughs> rapid fire. She has the most interesting points. She yes. talks. She knows whole- everything. It's literally just opening a waterfall of great content and you it's like rustic. It's, it's like, like you get the it's day like taking off PTO. When she comes on. That's yeah, what I need. Mean. Yeah. 100% podcast PTO. Well, yeah. that's that's yeah. how I felt about you guys. I mean, I literally when we just recorded, I was like, I could just sit and listen to these two talk. Like, I mean, like like <laughs> we have the opportunity to with your podcast, but having you on mine, I was like, this is seriously not only entertaining, but it is like a a vacation. So Anyway, no, I'm so happy oh to my be gosh. here, and we adore you. Thanks for having me. We're 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 spread across the the country right now, I believe. We are. Yeah, I mean, for anyone who doesn't know, the great thing about this trio right now, the the energy between us is that we really share a common origin story or source, whereas we all have deep Utah roots. Yes. Mm-hmm. And had a coming of age of sorts in Provo. So I think we have a quite a crossover of audience and life experiences. So I think that's one of the special things about chatting with you is we can make jokes and, you know, make little subtle references to our upbringing, which is, which is super fun. Just that, those deep, those deep Mormon roots that we love. Yeah. Our deep <laughs> Mormon deep cuts. Our deep lore. Yes. So, okay. But this is, our Christmas episode. So this is coming out at Christmas. Everyone, I hope that, you know, as you escape your family and you escape your duties by putting your AirPods in your ear and listening to Pop Apologist, I hope that this can bring some warm energy to your week this week and you're having a merry festive season. I literally sound like I'm on the radio. I'm like, uh, no, oh, it's right. <laughs> no, it's exactly it's I don't even it's exactly perfect. You're like it's giving PBS. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's giving it's All right, giving everyone, dilemma. you're sitting by the fire. I just hope as those gingerbread cookies are coming out of the oven that you can enjoy this program of pop apologists. <laughs> program. 
<laughs> All right. So this week we want to get into, we've never done this before. It's more of a sincere topic, but we want to get into things you'll learn in your life by 30, like things you'll ha- you'll figure out by 30 that you might not know as a teenager in your 20s. We know we have somewhat of a younger audience and we just want to share our life lessons. I don't know anything at this point, so it's really just going to be Maddie and Chandler talking. No, I was just going to say, I'm like, this is just going to be like, hopefully it feels like a cheat sheet, but also I feel like whenever I do these, I'll do like anniversary episodes where I'll be like, here's what I learned like in my last year of podcasting. And I always preface it with like, I don't actually know this yet. <laughs> like, this is what I'm, <laughs> right, this right. is like what I'm hoping is true. And like, maybe I have like mm-hmm. two or three experiences that back it up. But of course, like, I never want to come across as I'm sure you guys agree like that I have in any way figured this out because I'm also having a bastard child with my boyfriend of 10 months so I really don't think that I am the person to I I just I'm learning along with with everybody as I tell you my life lessons you're an icon everybody is obsessed with you and truly everyone wants to be like you truly truly and I I do want to say though this episode feels like tempting fate slightly totally because I feel like I'm gonna get like a overdraft email from like Wells Fargo like right <laughs> as I sign off okay. <laughs> just to prove okay. that I really don't have my shit together that is incredibly <gasps> weird that you say that because I okay. literally haven't talked I mean I'm I am doing a Patreon episode later today and I just I'm gonna put it there but I'll put it on here too I woke up Thanksgiving morning I had gotten paid on Wednesday and I was like living my best life because I'm like a Black Friday's coming up. I'm going to be able to do all my shopping. I wake yeah. up to an overdraft email from Wells Fargo. <gasps> Thanksgiving, oh, fuck. Thanksgiving morning. I was robbed. I was robbed. Uh, DraftKings. I won't even tell you how many charges to DraftKings, <gasps> which is an online gambling thing. Wait, like you were scammed? Yes. Yes. <gasps> oh, I, oh Wait, I thought you what? meant like you were I know, like I'm robbed so because your DraftKings charges like <laughs> I can't even use DraftKings. It's not even legal here. It's not even legal in Utah. I won't I'll, I'll won't tell you the amount, but it was enough that my world on Thanksgiving morning, I'm like, I should be like I should be wait. I like woke up. I'm like, my beautiful boyfriend, my baby girl. I'm just like look. I opened my email in overdraft. I couldn't believe when you just said that an overdraft email from Wells Fargo. <laughs> anyway, so that has been my week is literally. I need to know what happened. I just, yeah, somebody, what happened? somebody got my information, but yeah, I can't even use DraftKings in Utah. So I like called it, but I couldn't call anybody because it was Thanksgiving. So finally Friday morning, I, I get a hold of oh somebody and file a claim and it's been fine. I mean, they've been working with me and it's been fine so far. I don't have it back, but they keep saying like, no, we'll be able to get it back. But I just couldn't believe that synchronicity of the of the overdraft email from Wells Fargo. I'm like, it was actually me. I, <laughs> Chandler's like, I've been dealing with something. Wait, I've been going through it. No, also kind of on a darker note, like this poor person who has an online gambling yes. addiction who like just had a bender the day before Thanksgiving. I know. And like people, Tough. people say that they target like holiday weekends because then that nobody can reach their banks. Wow, and, you're not looking. Yeah. 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 So it's just, it's been a whole wow. thing. Chandler, you're so sweet and full of empathy per usual. But I think the cold hard reality is that this is probably some like professional scamming corporation abroad. There's probably people literally working in a cubicle at this company that scams people, you know, in the US and in Canada and stuff in Europe. Yeah. I highly doubt it's just some person down and out during the holidays who just needs to play (laughs) one more round of poker. I know. Well, and I felt very personally like I was like, don't they know I'm Rick? Don't they know? Like, <laughs> I was like so like as though they had lo- oh. lucked into my life and like personally chose me b- based on like my sins. But yeah, oh anyway, gosh. so that oh. was that was my last week. I should have added that somewhere on my things you'll learn by 30 is that uh, shit happens. But. Well, it's perfect because my first piece of advice, you know, something you will learn by 30 yes. is that do not get involved with online gambling. That's that's my biggest tip. That's, that's my biggest takeaway I, from you know my years. I knew that that was coming. That's something I've heard about you, Chan. Wait, is it seriously? No. no. Oh, I'm like, Chandler, that's a little bit of an easy one. <laughs> like, okay, are your next two like, don't get into heroin. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> Stay away from DraftKings. 
Oh, <laughs> man. Away from, okay. No, but hilarious. I do. I do have my first lesson that I'll learn by 30. I will say it, it can tie into this if I may, if I may just step in. Amazing. Yes, please, please lead us off. First thing, and an ode to, of course, our favorite girl, Karma, is real. And sometimes mm. you have to let her take care of it. That's my number one lesson that I've probably learned in the last like two years is that your your good karma, your bad karma, it's coming. And so to stay mm-hmm. up, she's coming for blood. She's not discriminating. You invite that into your life. And that's what I'm that's what I'm hoping for. Um the getting my money back. But then I also go on the flip side and I'm like, what did I do to deserve this? Like what did I like I'm what like, happened? But the, the red delicious. The red delicious. <laughs> the stealing of the red delicious or the, the twenty-four case of water bottles. But that that's my first lesson is that sometimes karma has to take care of it and you can't step in, you can't do anything about it, and you have to sit back and say, I did what I could. I was as, as nice as I yeah. could. I tried my hardest. I did my best. I have to let them deal with the consequences of their actions. I'll just say, you know, I am not a deeply religious person anymore. Definitely consider myself to be spiritual, but I do not feel deeply religious. And I love believing in karma. Mm-hmm. I love believing in it. Oh, right there with you. Who knows if it's real or actually not real or whatever, you know, science, big bang. But I love believing that like karma is real and that it it has its way of working out whatever needs to be worked out, yes. good and bad. I totally agree. And I'm with you on the on the religious and spiritual thing. I definitely I've become less the further I go, the less spirit. I, I feel like the last time I was on Pop Apologist, I was like still religious. Like I was still like Oh really? Yeah, I was still like I think of, you might have been. If it was 2020, which I think it was, yeah. I was still like very yeah. much grappling with a lot of it. Now now I yeah, I definitely have a I have a sprinkle of spirituality left in me. But karma is something that I'm like, I like it's it's comforting to me that there's some sort of cycle. There's some sort of you put good out, yeah. it comes back, you put bad out, bad comes back. Like that's as, about as much as I know, but I find some comfort in, in it. No, I mean, I think that it's it's so true. And I think that even if you see like you might look at people that have great things happen to them who you don't think are are very good people or whatever. And I think that you can even consider what it would be like to be someone who is callous to a lot of other people's suffering or things people go through. And like, do you want to be someone who is fine exploiting or fine with all sorts of misdeeds, essentially? Like, I think that karma is not just about even things that happen to you. It's about who you turn into and like what the Mm -hmm. lived reality is like if you're capable of certain things. So I I 100% agree. Karma is super real. Lauren, as we made our descent into New York, you know, from our beloved Guana Island trip, Mm. I got excited thinking about coming home to like my more simple routine food, like my Mm. Clean Simple Eats protein powder. Yeah, I feel like it's such a good staple because the protein powder, if you blend it with ice and water, you got vanilla frosty, essentially, if you like the Simply Vanilla. If you get chocolate brownie powder, you've got a chocolate frosty. You could do the mint chocolate chip, you got a thin mint frosty, or you just dissolve it in milk or water, and that also strangely tastes really good like chocolate milk it's a super fast easy quick snack also i just love that the ingredients are clean they're grass-fed it's 20 grams of protein for 110 calories it's just the best protein powder out there everyone go to cleansymboleats.com and use the promo code pop apologist for 10 percent off that's pop apologist for 10 percent off cleansymboleats.com pop apologist for 10 percent off Lauren, the wall behind you, it's quite barren. What's going on there? (laughs) You know what? I find getting things framed to be very stressful. And so I've just never done it. I don't basically have anything framed in my home. And it's sad for me. It's very sad, which is why we are so lucky to be sponsored by Framebridge right now. Yes, I am so excited to correct this wrong in my life. What's so great about Framebridge is for other people also intimidated by a gallery wall, if you go on their website, you can just very quickly, easily upload like five photos or whatever it is, and they will send you different dimensioned, 
cute frames, beautiful, sleek, modern, so you can just hang your gallery wall and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a lay person like yourself. Everyone, see why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. I'm going to share a piece of life advice I have for the listeners and think something I've really learned. And I'm curious for your guys' thoughts on this. So I personally, when I was in my early 20s, I felt like hanging out with friends was fun, but it was kind of in my brain lumped in with like trivial, like an indulgence. Like it's what you do when you indulge yourself and have fun. But like, you know, your most of your free time, if you could spend it in a way that's more productive and achievement oriented, that's going to be the, the thing that's going to be the most what's impactful. Your, what's your sign, Lauren? I'm a cancer. Okay. Okay. What about you, Chan? Uh, me, I'm a Leo. Okay. okay. Are you guys both summer babies? Wh- what are you? Yeah. yeah. July and August. July and August. Okay. I'm a Libra. We've hit all three or no, I was going to say L's, but you, it's cancer is a C. But uh, I'm a, <laughs> it's like all L's of the, no, I'm a Libra. Anyway, okay, keep going. Anyway, I think you basically, you arrive at your 30s and what you realize is it's actually so much harder to make friends later in life. And the relationships that you built when you're young and you know, making friends is easy. You're surrounded by classmates in high school and college. Those relationships that you build and those relationships that you continue to build when you're visiting places and you visit your friends, you make the effort Mm -hmm. to FaceTime, you make the effort to text. Those relationships, I think, really set you up for a sense of meaning and happiness later in life because like, it's just, again, a lot of times those people you make friends with earlier in life, those become your lifelong friends. And it just gets harder and harder as the years go on. So I think that spending time with friends, building relationships is just such an investment in your future happiness and sense of meaning. One million percent could not agree more. I feel like, I just feel like at this point in life, and I'll just check this on because I so co-sign on this, but like, especially your female friendships later like i mean assuming that you're in a you know heterosexual relationship like my female friendships are like such a pivotal part of my life like they are yes. like they fulfill mm-hmm. they fulfill a need and like almost an intimacy that a romantic partner doesn't fulfill which i used to in my early 20s i feel like i would have been like well, my my boyfriend or my husband or whatever should like be my everything and should fill all of these all yeah, of these roles. Right. And I'm just learning and as like and with my friends now, even we talk about it all the time. I'm like, this is a different this is a different category that that, that you guys fulfill, and it's fine mm-hmm. that my partner can't fulfill those, and it's okay that I'm yeah, getting this yeah. this connection through the my female friendships. And it's actually like healthier that way when you don't put everything on this one person that, you know, that big burden. Lauren, I totally agree. I'm like, actually, I fully disagree. (laughs) You're like, I hate friends. friends. (laughs) Literally cut them out. Get rid of them. No, I totally agree with with everything you both have said. And I I just think that not to like get all woo woo, but I think we grew up like the majority, you know, everyone in this chat and this recording grew up very religious and community was really big mm-hmm. within our religion and the people yeah. that we saw every Sunday at church. And I think that what's been a really big part of me transitioning out of that religious chapter is maintaining a strong community, if you will, through my close friends, through seeing like couple friends all the time and through, you know, I don't have children yet, but like they're really like establishing like this tight knit group of people that nourish me and that who I feel really like understood by and in the way that I used to feel really understood by the people who were within my church community. And I think that is just such a huge part. And and that's something that everyone should be nourishing. And I think this actually also leads me if I may go into my piece of advice, Please, please. To the notion that life is long, Lauren and I say this all the time, but I want to look at this notion through the the slant of not cutting people out of your life mm. too soon or really like writing off people or friendships. I think that mm-hmm. that is something that I feel like there's definitely a, a conversation of just like, you know, if something's not serving you, get rid of it. And I, yeah. while I do think people should be able to like, you know, set a boundary, put space if, if you need to put space there. But I just think that like, 
if my 20s have taught me anything, it is that life changes. It goes on. People evolve. And I think that the people who I have written off have almost like maybe surprised me the most. And so just Mm. don't write people off. Don't be so quick to write people off, I guess. I totally agree. And I've, I've talked about this before in regards to therapy, weirdly, because I feel like a lot of times people go to therapy and they learn how to blame everybody else in their life. And it mm-hmm. becomes about who is yeah. who is being toxic to me and who has betrayed me and who has and therapy has become less about like personal accountability and like how can I make changes? Mm. Yep. And now, I mean, again, going back to my early 20s, I was always looking for people who had done something wrong to me and or people, you know, how I was the victim and how they shouldn't be in my life because they did this thing or whatever it might be. And now, I mean, I'm 30 now, but now entering the decade of my 30s, I'm like, where am I like going wrong? Like, what did I do? How can I make a relationship better? Mm-hmm, How can yeah. I? It has totally shifted. And now I really don't. I mean, it would it would have to be a major offense for me to be like, you don't deserve to be in my life. You know, right. Right. It's such a it's such a yeah. I don't know. It's just. Yeah, exactly what you're saying. People change. People evolve. And so do we. And I would hope that the people in my yeah. life wouldn't look at me and be like, well, she did that one thing when she was 22 and it really bugged me. Like, I hope that people would give me a second right. chance. I feel like so much, and this kind of coincides, but it's, well, first of all, one thing I'll say is like having bad blood with someone or not be not speaking to someone is like an energy you just don't want in your brain. Yes. I have a friend that we don't talk and it's the one person who has like, you know, other than ex-boyfriends who is like, you know, we don't speak. Right. And it's something I think about and it, it takes up mental space and it's mm-hmm. not like healed for me at all. And I, I don't think it ever will be because I genuinely love this person as a friend and it was sad to me that the relationship dissolved and whatever. But yeah, I think that like Chandler says, like if you can avoid burning bridges and if you can instead just kind of like let things simmer, let relationships that aren't working for you fade a little bit. You don't need to cut people out and let them know they're out. You can just kind of take the space for yourself. I think that's just going to help you just not have that noise in your head. And honestly, like the pain that you feel after those friendship breakups, because I think everyone has one and it hurts. Oh, they're a thousand times worse than than romantic breakups yeah friendship breakups yes hit a wound so deep i i have been shocked yep. even post divorce i'm like that friendship like i had a really bad friendship breakup in my early 20s i'm like honestly like i think the pain is they're like neck and neck like it was so painful mm-hmm. to lose a best friend I feel like you replay those ones more, even than like ex relationships. Well, and like we were saying, they fill a different, a different need. Like they, like, Mm -hmm. I I mean, and I, I would never say one is more important than the other, but just the role that a female friendship plays in your life to lose it is like, it's, it's deep. It cuts deep. Devastating. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that also like romantic relationships are really held together by like the chemistry of your romance and your love and your passion. And when that dissipates, it's kind of like all's fair in love and war on some level. Like you can't be friends with that person anymore because it had this, this sexual element to it. Whereas first for some relationships, but I think when it comes to, to especially female friendships ending, it's like with your really close female friends, you are your most vulnerable self. They will probably know you better than your partner will because they will be able to share in the the experience of what it is to be a woman and what it is to have these really shared insecurities and vulnerabilities and really understand you. And so I think that rejection can feel a lot more profound because it's not sexual. It's not based on romance. It's like based on your humanity. (laughs) And so it's, uh, it can get really, that's kind of, that's kind of how I feel about podcast reviews. Like I'm like, Oh, you're just reviewing my personality. That's just, (laughs) just, (laughs) you don't know me. You don't care about anything else. You just hate Okay, cool. You, it is only who I am as a person. That's great. <laughs> no, it's like podcasting. I'm always so jealous of our sister. Obviously, people know is an influencer, and I'm always so jealous. There's like nowhere people go, and like there's not like oh, you go and give her two stars and call her a bitch because you don't like one thing she said after being a fan of the show for like years. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, podcast reviews are really special. No, they are. A, they are a special kind of torture. 
Okay, so this this one does, I will say, it sounds a little like a pin. I always warn my audience. I'm like, I know that this sounds like a Pinterest quote. Unfortunately, <laughs> tack this onto my lessons that I learned by 30. A lot of them are really true. Okay, so just back off really while true. I while I wax <laughs> Pinteresty for a sec a second. <laughs> but something I have learned: the no's are as important as the yeses. Both the ones you give and the ones given to you. So both the things that you say no to and the people who say no to you, those are as productive. I like always use, I, I said this to my friend the other day, like with Tinder, it's like this, the left swipes are like as important as the right. But saying no to things and getting them kind of out of your way is a very productive thing. I used to think like, especially career wise and like relationship wise, like the more times I said yes, like the more I get to do and mm. the more people I meet. And then yeah. I realized that when I was saying no to things, I was I was actually getting on track quicker because I wasn't wasting mm -hmm. time with things that really weren't either fulfilling or like making me very happy. And same with the no's that were given to me where I'm like, I, I actually I look back on my old DMs like old like when I was very first starting out, I didn't even have a podcast yet, just an Instagram. And I have reached out to like influencers, like ask, either asking for advice or asking for collabs that now looking back, I'm like, that was so random. That person is like, so not even close to like what I do. And they had told me yeah. no, like not, not that they had been like, no, I don't want to work with you, but just they had, you know, skirted around it or they weren't wanting to collab or whatever it was, understandably. But looking back, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad because had that person said yes, I would have just gotten on that train and just been like, this is my content now. This is what I want to do. And so looking back, yeah, just all, all of the no's that I, that I gave and received were very productive, though at the time they felt like a stall. They were actually, mm -hmm. they were actually steps. So yeah, the no's are important. The left swipes on Tinder are just as important as the right. It reminds me of one of my my favorite business quotes, which is the compression of time creates value. So if you can figure out that something's not going to work, you should figure that out in a month versus a year. Yes. And so it's really, I think the same thing applies in all areas of your life. Like if you can get to the end of whatever that was going to be sooner and figure that out, I think it really applies in relationships where applicable. I think it's super valuable. And so, yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think it also just allows no's allow you to focus and edit your time on the things that actually are moving you to where you want to be and where you want to focus totally and i yeah. and i think about that with with dating especially i was like when i started dating again so many people were like just date as much as you can say yes to every date and say yes and i was like no because then i waste all of these nights either with mm -hmm. people i love or in places right. that i love or doing things i actually want to do with like people that I know, mm -hmm. like I, I like my gut feeling is that this is going to be a no. So I'm not going to yeah. I'm not going to say mm -hmm. yes just because like, you know, you should or you should welcome every opportunity. Right. It's exactly what you're saying. Like, I know it's going to be a no. Let's not waste my time, his time, anybody's like resources. Let's just give it a no and move along. Mm -hmm. So I yeah, I yeah. love that. Yeah. Like with that conversation, I believe like when you are dating, especially in your early 20s, to me, I really was like, okay, it's a numbers game. I just need to be like really figuring out what I'm into. And I think that was really helpful for me in the sense of like, I didn't really have a type per se. I like what I like, but it's not like, you know, one specific type of person. And I think that the people who I dated, and this is actually one of my pieces of advice, like the relationships that were not good for me, I think were actually very insightful and that led mm. me to actually have a type and to really prioritize the traits that were important in a way that I never did, you know, when I was like in high school or whatever, totally. where it was just like, you know, who's the hottest. And so I think that it's just important to like, once you do have like an idea of what is important to you to be like more ruthless about it. But I do think there is value in like, while you're still figuring out what you are into in like saying yes more, in my opinion. I used to feel so bad saying no to like anything, any dinner, any like yeah. influencer event, any anything like I used to give these huge long mm. explanations to people and be like, well, I'm, I'm really busy <laughs> and I have this. And like somebody asked me the other day, like, well, how do you say no? And like, I literally will sometimes just say no. But then I have like a line that I deliver, which is I can't make it that night. Thanks so much for thinking of me. 
like that's like any yeah. any mm-hmm. event that I just I know is not going to be fun. It's not going to make me happy, which is really like my only requirement for things I do these days. As I'm like, is it fun? Mm-hmm. Is it going to make me happy? Like, let's like veer towards those things. Right. But I just have this line that I say because I'm like I'm much more ruthless with my with my time and with my yeses because I'm like mm-hmm. I don't know and maybe you just have more time in your 20s maybe you're just more over it in your 30s I don't know but I uh yeah I like that. I'm going to share with you guys a piece of wisdom that I learned on Reddit, okay? okay. I did do a little cheating. So That's I googled fine. on Reddit things I wish I knew. Yes. Okay. So a lot of things came up that googled people had on to Reddit. Say. Oh uh, yeah, I searched on Reddit. I googled on Reddit, and so anyway, someone said this is interesting. So someone said something that they knew at thirty that they only wish they knew in their twenties is that penetrative sex isn't that big of a deal. Yes, it'll hurt a little bit at first, <laughs> but there's a lot of pleasure to be had after. Chandler, oh my gosh! Huh. I just wanted to get your opinion. <laughs> I've never had that before, so I can actually speak to that. <laughs> You're waiting until your wedding night, of course. Yeah. Yes. Wait, when do when oh do you get married, Chan? Do you have a date? Twenty twenty five. We don't know because this was yesterday's conundrum is the location is still TBD, okay. but it's going to be destination. Is he, so where is, we're trying to figure out what season. Where is he from? Ben's from Connecticut. Okay. So he's stateside as well. Okay. But yeah, we want to do it like outside of the country, but 2025, definitely not next year. Okay. And you can wait to have sex until then. You're going to be okay. Yeah, of course. Okay. I, I mean, I've waited this long. Yeah. You might as well just What's another two years. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I too am waiting for my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, so waiting, I'm just waiting for the right person, you know? <laughs> I mean, I just have the chills thinking of you both giving that gift of your virginity to your husband. That's I know, incredible. it's been so selfless of me. It really has. That is, yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, that that whole... You anyway. actually, no one has to respond to that piece of wisdom that was just meant to be a, a jovial moment. So this episode is like a two chicken soup for the teenage soul. I mean, I actually think I could say something. <laughs> really? Well... I don't even want to say it, but I it's, it's along those <laughs> lines and it's, I'm going to deliver it. I think that casual intimacy or casual sex, I think <laughs> that it can be some... <laughs> Chandler's so Lily Pulitzer sometimes. It's hilarious. In her white cashmere. <laughs> casual intimacy. Casual. <laughs> um, Dr. Laura, casual intimacy can mean like some high highs, but it can also mean some low lows. And I just don't mm. think it's all like Carrie Bradshaw sex in the city, in my opinion. Well, speak yeah. for yourself. Well, I okay. live the Carrie Bradshaw life over here. So, <laughs> it's only know. high highs for Matt. It's Maddie. only high highs and wild <laughs> nights and getting pregnant two and a half months in. That's all I have. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Can I talk to you about a product that you love, that Courtney loves, and that I love? Please. Early bird CBD gummies are so phenomenal, everyone. They are the perfect 2.5 milligrams of THC and 12.5 milligrams of CBD. So this concoction, it gives you the warmest, gooeyest feeling. They have the magic formula. I love the watermelon flavor. That's my favorite. I also love using them when I know I need to get a good night's sleep and I can sleep in. You guys, we love Early Bird CBD so much. We reached out to them to see if they'd be interested in sponsoring the show because we were like, these <laughs> products, these gummies, everyone needs to know about them. We're going to tell them about, about them anyway. So maybe we can get paid to do it. And honestly, we just cannot recommend them enough. We have a link in our show notes. You can go to earlybirdcbd.com. Use code POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Earlybirdcbd.com, POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Do yourself a favor. Try the gummies. They ship to all 50 states, everybody. You got to try it. Earlybirdcbd.com. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app. Okay. I want to talk about something that I wasn't planning on, but I think that this is something you will learn. And I hope people learn this, but so many times a breakup or someone, if you are casually intimate together, if they decide- <laughs> You are casually they, penetrated. If that relationship- <laughs> 
people who you are casually penetrated by, if they don't want to formally penetrate you at some point, oh my gosh, don't want I'm to gonna upgrade. Die. Or whatever it is. This is I'm so actually not saying I'm gonna be able to get married in two years. I think that's <laughs> gonna break off my relationship, my poor in-laws, future in-laws. No, I, all I mean to say is that I think that so many times any rejection you feel, where, wherever it comes from, so much of the time it is not about losing that person. It's about the hit to your ego. And I yes. think that a lot of times women or men can get confused and think I'm so in love with my ex when what they really don't realize is they're just distraught that that person didn't want them. It has very little to do with that person. Oh, t- one million percent and i also think that okay maybe maybe this is a no i feel like this this plays into it um when you're broken up with i feel like we get so much more attached to the person we invented like we have all of these Mm -hmm. you know because you're not with this person and so there's all these unknown what would our christmases have been like what would our kids have been like and we fill them in with best case scenario. It's like, well, we would have lived in this amazing house and we would have had this family and it would have been perfect and it would have mm-hmm. been because we have been broken up with. And so now we're telling ourselves, oh, it would have been the best thing in the entire world. When in reality, yeah. Yeah. it probably would have been beyond average. It probably would have been, you know, like if the person doesn't yeah. like you as much as you, it would have been horrible. It would have been, but we, we we let that get away from us and then yeah the whole ego of it which is basically i mean just human nature i've never met one person i've met people who can deal with rejection and who are you know can cope with it never met one person who is completely unfazed by any sort of rejection right and if you were then it would like honestly it would be like a a type of sociopathy to be like to be like oh i don't feel anything when i'm rejected it's just so normal and it's it's mm-hmm. not because the other person is perfect. It's not because they would have fulfilled you in every possible way. It's because your ego is bruised and we've invented this life with this person that doesn't even exist. Right. I 100%. And I think that this happens all the time. I'm clearly a big fan of Reddit. And I read this post that this guy said, basically, like, I'm 50. I've been married for 20 years. I love my wife. But my true love was this girl from high school. And I see her on Facebook. And, you know, I just I think about her. And there's just a depth to that feeling that I had as a teenager and that romance that I cannot get with my wife. And, you know, am I basically a douche? And that was the question or how to deal with it. And a lot of people said, and I think it was so apt, this has nothing to do with this girl. What you miss is being 18 or 16. You miss that the magic of coming of age, of becoming an adult, of trying all new things, of experiencing love for the first time. You miss that phase of life and the discovery of that phase of life. Very likely, this is actually not about the depth of that connection. Totally. And anyway, I think people can get really confused. Yeah. And I'm here to clear things up. Well, here to clear things up and just give people a little cheat sheet. I mean, I feel like the majority of pain in your 20s is, I mean, I don't know, speaking for myself, I guess, is romantic pain. I mean, I feel like career pain Mm -hmm. maybe comes later in life, but like, in your early 20s, like when you're dating and when you're getting broken yeah. up with and when you're trying to find your person or whatever it is, like if I look at my 20s, the majority of the pain I either caused myself or other people caused me was romantic relationships and it was rejection mm-hmm. and it was. And yeah, I mean, it's true. Like you think about your high school boyfriend and you're like that that was so perfect and magical and we just understood each other. And it's like, you probably didn't actually like you probably right. were both 17 and not very smart and we're excited for prom together and like mm-hmm. you associate the dopamine with like you know finding mm-hmm. your soulmate yes you associate that first hit of the oxy in your brain of falling in love yes with like the best time of your life yes yeah so yeah. i would not like i really am baffled by people who say they would love to go back to high school like, I'm like, I get it. I, I really liked, I liked high school. I didn't have like a traumatic high school experience, but like, I worry deeply about people who crave like experiences in high school. Like, I'm like, how does that feel 
more fulfilling or better or whatever. I'm like, I miss like not having to work. Sure. Like, and my mom would give me $20 and that's all I needed. <laughs> but like the concept of really missing high school has never resonated with me. No, no. I mean, I, I just think about like high school time. I also like loved high school, yeah. but it was maybe a time where I tried the hardest to be somebody maybe that I wasn't, or just tried the hardest to please everyone around me and to be mm. like, somebody that my friends think I needed to be. And that's not to say that my friends weren't great, but yeah, I just think that the comfortability in my own skin was not there in high school at no. all. And I think that has only come to me later on in my twenties mm -hmm. and feeling just like more, just like at peace with myself. And yeah, I don't, I don't get people like that at all. Yeah. I worry. I worry for them. I think this goes straight into like what we were just talking about, you know, people like longing for high school days, this idea that youth is wasted on the young. And I really like to believe that life only gets better as you get older. And I found this quote also on Reddit, Lauren. So we were both doing some cheating, but I felt like this person really broke it down in a way that I connect to. So they said, adulthood only gets easier as life goes on. This is something you need to bear in mind. Adulthood starts late teens, early 20s, and therefore it's the toughest part. You stop seeing friends every day like you did in high school. You begin to work and understand the value of money and how far it just doesn't seem to go when you have bills, etc. Typically, your jobs at this stage will be the most mundane as you gain experience or the older colleagues will get you to do the legwork. And so I think that's like a, a perfect encapsulation of just like how hard it is to be like when you're first an adult, but then as you like start to get the hang of it. And I think that like life does get better. And I think you realize like you understand how to take care of yourself. You understand how to mm -hmm. like manage your money. Like it, maybe, maybe these you are have boring freedom. things. You have freedom and you like, you feel more comfortable in your own skin. And I think it's just like, it's important to realize that like, you know, you're, you're technically an adult when you're like in college and then when you're like done with college, but you're not really like ready or at all. Like, you know, you're just not supposed to have it all figured out and it's very normal to not. And I think it gets so much better because you do figure it out more and more every single year, you know, even if it's just dating better people. Totally. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like the concept of being equipped, like has made me like, you just you gather these tools like in your early 20s. Maybe. Yes. And like now I look at things that I, I do like things genuinely and I'm not even trying to be funny, like things that I really did not think I could do, like apply for a home or pay my taxes or start a business like these things that I'm like mm -hmm. if you would have told 22 year old Maddie like hey you're gonna be able to do all these things I would have been like no I won't like yeah. I will never learn how to do that but you just become more equipped and like you feel like yes I don't know it's just it's a very very satisfying feeling to me when I'm confronted with something that feels very adult and it feels very you know like hiring an accountant or whatever it might be and be and then like basking in it after and being like, I can do that. And I did it successfully. Totally. And I right. learned how to do that. And so the things that feel impossible in your early 20s, like I will never be able to do that. You just do. You just figure out how to do it. You like you just do. You just do it. I can't even tell you how many things I have like Googled and YouTube, like, how do I do this? How do I file this paper? How do I get this? Like, like even this thing with my bank, like I'm like, I can file a claim with my bank. I learned how right. to do that. How do I get out of online gambling and addiction? How do I remedy this with my family? <laughs> how do I break news? Where's the nearest, I don't know, Gamblers Anonymous? No, like just knowing that you you will figure it out. I tell people that with podcasting too. When people are like, well, how do I yeah. do this? I'm like, you just figure it out. You figure out how to yeah. record yep. and how to upload and how to edit and how to grow and if it like you will problem solve along the way. I feel like, and this kind of dovetails into my next one, which is that so many people say that there's such a thing about turning 30 and being in your 30s, mm -hmm. especially as a woman. Mm -hmm. And I think that, and I, I've said it before, but it bears repeating. Your 30s really are so much better than your 20s because like we've been talking about, in, the in your 20s, you're in the fire of having to figure it all out. Like you have no money. You have no yeah. idea what to do. Yeah. You know, ideally you find a partner um, or you're trying to find a partner and that is very hard. You're building everything from nothing. And the great thing about your 30s is you wake up on your 30th birthday and you continue in your 30s to feel just as young, just as vibrant. But you also just are like enjoying the fruits 
of all the seeds you planted in your 20s as well. And so it's really such a special time. And so I just always say like 30s are such an upgraded version of your 20s. So they're not something to fear everyone. And I will add, my mom has always stood by 40s or even better. So if we're out really? if we're still all wait. doing this 2033, we'll do a recap as we enter our 40s. Yes. And we'll do that. But my mom has said the exact same thing. She's like, your 30s are so amazing. And then you hit your 40s. And it's, yeah, she's always told me that. And I think it might be because on some level, like as you get older, you just care less and less about other people's opinions and mm-hmm. of trying to be perfect for other people and make everyone so happy and do everything right. And you just more and more accept yourself. And I think that that allows people to have a sense of freedom Absolutely. as they get older. Absolutely. Yeah, totally agree. Hopefully. I would like to take some sort of supplement every day to uh, care less what other people think. That's something I would really like to figure out how I could cure in my own brain. You and I both. You and I, like, I, (laughs) seriously, because I, I'm like, is everybody like this or is there something wrong with me? And I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's the careers that we have chosen or what, but I'm like, yeah how do I let this go? Like, again, it's one of those things that like, I dole out advice on it. I'm like, how to be okay being misunderstood and how to, but like, (laughs) at the end of the day, I'm like, I have dedicated so much of my time. Again, I do think it's gotten better in my thirties or since I've turned 30, but like, how do I explain myself? How do I defend myself? How do I, you know, I see bad reviews like we're talking about. And I want to like, you know, post on my story, a defense of why I did what I did and why I said, and it's like, it's really, really uncomfortable to just have to accept that people, you know, aren't going to like you. People are going to misunderstand you. And there's nothing that you can do about it. Cause what I know. like in your twenties, yeah. when your circle is small and you know, you have your, your close friends and family and you know, whatever you can, you can usually like, you know, make sure things are okay with everybody. And then you start your right. career and you start, you know, having these other types of relationships that you have no control over if people like you or not and it is really hard Mm -hmm. and like i'll keep this short but i think like you know as we've built this podcast and as you know it it's truly such an amazing thing to do and it doesn't feel like you know it can be a lot of work but it also doesn't feel like work per se and this is where i feel the most authentic i hate that word but it's also can be a big turnoff to people or it can just be like you said it's you know people who just don't like your personality it can just like turn people off and it's like but it's you being your most authentic and that can be really hard to sit with and so i guess my hope is just that every year it gets a little bit easier to sit with that and or to just like brush it off and be like oh you know yeah i hope they find a podcast that they love you know enjoy the wall street journal or whatever podcast with such a delusion i mean i really started bad broadcast and was like nobody's ever gonna not like this nobody will ever i will be the first (laughs) podcast in history to never get a one star review. I'm going like, there's no way. Like I have, I really went into it with a lot of confusion about the world. And like, I remember my first one star review. I mean, it shattered me. I mean, I was like, it's, it's oh, yeah. Oh, and it was devastating. Girl, and it was actually a review. It said, I haven't even listened to the podcast, but I went to high school with this girl <gasps> and I don't like it. Oh, so gosh. it was even worse. Yeah. It was like, I was getting one star reviews on my high school experience. But anyway, it really did. And I do, I can confidently say that in time, it has gotten better. They really, the one star review, yeah. gel staying like they used to. And they, isn't that so funny? Yeah. And isn't it kind of like, like I feel depressing? like it used to take me down for a day. I would be really sad for a full 24 hours. And now it's like maybe 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. It'll take me down. And, isn't and I'm that, like, Boop, back up. I, I grapple with this because I'm like, I don't want to be the type of person who doesn't care. Like, I don't want to be so jaded against negative reviews that I'm like this robot who doesn't care. But there is just this balance of being, of being able to tell yourself all of the cliches, all of the stuff we're talking about now, you know, they don't really know me. They don't know, you know, all of these things. They're, it's their own experience of the world. And that's why they're saying this to me while also like keeping your humanity and not letting it affect you. It's a very delicate line. Right. I think it just comes down to, and I think that this is not just like applicable to podcasters, but it's applicable to everyone, which is if it's a character assassination, if it's something about you, someone not liking you as a person, 
I mean, if you know that you're a good person, if you know that, then really like you just can't control whatever projections people have about you and whatever you trigger in someone, something about you that makes them insecure, some confidence you have, something that just, again, it just bugs them and causes them to dislike you enough to whatever, talk about it online. Like that's just something that's so completely out of your control. And that's really the thing I tell myself is like, this is just like completely, this isn't even about me. This is like about them and like what they see. So yeah. And I, oh, I just saw this stupid uh, Matt Reif clip where he's talking, he's on the cancel podcast with Tana Mojo. And he's talking about how he's like, everybody who hates me is just jealous of me. And it's like, that's not true. Okay. And it is a really weird view to be like, everybody who hates me just wants to be me. No, some people just aren't going to like you. And it really doesn't like I, not everybody I dislike, you know, am I jealous of? And it's like, it's okay to just be like, you know, that's their experience of me. It's, it's not what I know about myself. It's not like my, like I, I know my, I know me better, the people around me, whatever, but like, they're experiencing me differently. And though it may be incorrect, I don't have to let it like sink in. Right. Totally. Completely. But man. Oh, wait, Maddie, I feel like so bad. I feel like you've been waiting to go. No, so. no, I've been I've been loving this. Please. I my, this is my last one. And this is this is a, okay, perfect. This is not not as poetic, but useful. This is my most useful three things to keep on you at all times. Hand sanitizer, chapstick mm. and a water bottle. Check. Three things okay. that have made my life easier that I, I wish I always had on me that like going through, like I, again, maybe not as helpful, maybe not as poetic, but no. when traveling, helpful. when on dates, when, you know, whatever, those three things, hand sanitizer, chapstick, water. If, if they're on you, I mean, you can usually get through anything. I know that if, that I can just, if I can take a swig, do a spritz. And then, uh, you know, put a little smackers on. Yes. I'm a new woman. You're a new woman. It's grounding. It's like hitting the reset button. Yes. It is a yeah. reset. It is grounding. Yes. I always tell yeah. people, I'm like, if you travel with me, I will always know where a bathroom is to wash your hands. And it'll always have a water on me because like nothing is grosser to me or like takes me out of like enjoying something quite like either feeling dirty, like feeling like my hands are dirty. Yes. Needing chap, like the feeling of needing chapstick is actually so distracting Ugh. to me. Hell. It has taken me out of many a moment of my life, like where I'm like, if I had mm, chapstick, I would have yeah. enjoyed that a little bit more or being thirsty. <laughs> so I have learned to keep those on me. chronically dry lips? Well, I'm in Utah. So I'm, like, is, this a, is this a thing for you? I'm, oh, yeah. It's okay. just winter time comes around. Things get crusty. Yeah. I just. Yeah. Yeah. But like I again. I'm sorry. It's Lauren, not we don't poetic. all live in Costa Rica. Okay. Yeah. Damn, Lauren. <laughs> way to rub it in with your humidity index. Okay. <laughs> That's true. We don't all live in Costa Rica. Not even me. <laughs> But that's, people that's always true. think Lauren lives in po- Costa that's Rica. That's so funny. Like, how's, how is it to live in I, Costa Rica? I literally said me because I was telling Kelsey, my sister-in-law, his friends of Courtney. I was talking. I was like, oh, yeah, me and Pop Apologists are, are recording tomorrow. And she's like, oh, yeah. She's like, but Lauren's in Costa Rica. And I was like, I am pretty sure it's Puerto Rico. <laughs> but I'm just going to say yes because I'm not totally sure. <laughs> it's, I think our mom case, thinks it's Costa Rica, too. It is Puerto oh, Rico, sure. right? It yes. is Puerto Rico. Okay, My okay. favorite is Mexico. People oh, yeah. are like, because like, I kind of get like two words, Rico, Rica, Puerto Rico, yeah. Costa Rica, whatever. It sounds a little similar. <laughs> but when people are like, how's life in Mexico? I'm like, wow, it's just <laughs> all the same to you. If, you, if people speak Spanish, yeah. it's all Mexico That's to you. their issue. They, that's canceled. <laughs> They're canceled. Anyone who says that's on them. that you live in Mexico deserves cancellation. Nothing, nothing against the stunning country of Mexico. I'd absolutely live there if given, yeah. the, if given the chance, but I just don't happen to live <laughs> any of those places. Okay, this is another not sexy, not poetic, but a very important piece of advice that I can speak to. And I'm just going to say it, and I, I'm not going to mince words, everybody. Afterpay is a scam. Oh. Do not get involved with afterpay. This is to everyone who is in their 20s. <laughs> now I feel like I need to issue a disclaimer. I'm not. In, I'm not in consumer debt, but I just I'm think like, that there are yeah, a lot of. Totally. I just noticed. <laughs> I would never use afterpay. <laughs> I just want to say that I think 
you know, I've danced with Afterpay before in the past and there's, you know, so many new Klarna like payment pl- plan things that have like come out. You can like literally put your groceries from Instacart on like Klarna or or Afterpay and I just think it's a scam and I just think everyone should heavily heavily avoid it. May may I offer a defense? Wow. May I offer a defense of Klarna Please. and Afterpay? <laughs> you may. Okay. You may. As my whole bank account was robbed recently. <laughs> here is here is my only defense of after because I agree with you. I also think that it's like the concept of like if you want to buy it full price, don't buy it on sale. Like it's like if you're if you can't put down like if it's not worth yes. the investment to you, it's probably not worth it in yeah, general. Yeah. So I totally subscribe to that. The only time I shouldn't say only time, but I will I will say only time <laughs> in this. When I have done large orders that I with multiple sizes that I know I'm going to return. Yeah. Yes. That is my afterpay yeah. mm. defense where I'm that like, makes sense. I'm ordering three sizes and I don't want to pay full price yep. for it because I know I'm right. going to send it back. And then you, I'm going to return this. Yes. And then you don't have the money yes. out of your account and they just, the afterpay stops. Right. That's my, that's my, no. uh, Robert Shapiro for you. That's, that's a very good counter so in my opinion an attorney? For, the, for the use case of afterpay. I think so. so be, Are you like I'm trying sure to there like Shark Tank? Like no, somebody sure on Shark Tank. No, he's attorney. OJ's. He's OJ's attorney, isn't he? I mean, I I'm know like that Kardashian. Yeah, Kardashian dad was <laughs> Robert. Robert. Summer. Yeah, no, Robert Shapiro. Anyway, that's my that's my one my one. That's an excellent defense. I think I'm just mainly speaking to young early 20s of me who was using it for like a forty dollars shirt at Urban Outfitters. Absolutely. So it was like four payments of ten. Not a yeah. big deal. Yeah. It adds Those up, add baby. Up so just uh, try quick. to avoid them, everybody. They add up and they are and, like, ruthless. Quitting them was like a drug for me. And that's really embarrassing to admit, but it was like quitting a drug. And I've been clean and sober for quite a few years. Really? I'm really, mm-hmm. that's, that is really impressive. Yeah. I'm very proud. I'm very proud. And that is, it's tempting. I'm, it's tempting. I'm adding it to my list of things to love because I agree with you. It is not a good habit. It really isn't. And it is, it is. Cons- and it's hard to, to not do it all the time, but it is consumerism mm-hmm. at its finest where we're like, well, we just, it's yes. basically cheaper. And I, but I'm going to put that no on interest. my, on my 2024 goals. Be more like Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> Report back next year if you um, have ever used Klarna in 2024. Yes, <laughs> I will. Or Afterpay. If I do it, I'll, I have to Venmo you guys like the full amount. Like that's yes. my punishment. Yeah, you do. You guys, I think this was a great episode. I think that we imparted a lot of life lessons. I can't I imagine like, that you know, anyone would not want life lessons from us. I yeah, mean, look at us. I, we have it all figured out. Yeah, exactly. Call us Martin Luther, 95 Theses, whatever, Parable, Olive Tree, Olive Mountain. I don't remember. Olive we mountain. did it. We're incredible. <laughs> the <laughs> Mar- is is really that the Mount of Olives? Olive Mountain? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> well, I really haven't been Mormon for a long time. I know. Isn't that Ooh. funny? Wait, has Ben ever been? Has he ever been Mormon? Yes. He was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why he was in yeah he, he was he was raised in Connecticut and went on a mission to Las Vegas and yeah you don't say stopped believing five years ago or so really yeah. so we both have that shared heritage. shared heritage yeah that's my my boyfriend's family yeah cut, you can cut this if you want it's very boring but my boyfriend's family like left when he was like thirteen so he like has like some okay. knowledge of it mm. but none of it has really sunk in and been like it's not like a thing for him. So he always makes fun of me. Yeah. He'll always be like, well, did you know that Joseph Smith, you know, whatever. And he'll always be like, I, he's like, he'll be like, you are Mormon. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, you just are. I'm like, no, I'm not. I swear. He's like, it just runs so deep. Cause I'm like, when you leave in your mid twenties, it is still, it's deep in there. I mean, it's still deep for me. It's still deep. Yeah. I mentally checked out at like 13, but I still had to go to everything. And so I still had to go to like, you went to BYU, went to BYU. I graduated from seminary. I did everything. Yeah. And so like, sometimes like Chandler and I talk and we just make casual references to characters of the book of Mormon. And we make, you know, we make Mormon references because it's like, it's just impossible to escape from because it was like the mythology. Oh, of our childhood that we were like heavily steeped it's in. It's my favorite yeah. thing to suggest like very Book of Mormon names to my boyfriend to see if he knows. Like oh I gosh. will literally be like, what about uh, Mahanrai Moriankamer? And he's always like, is that for, and he'll be like, is that the Bible? I'm like, no, it's not the Bible. It's not. like Close. I'm like, basically, no, it's really funny to to do that. Anyway, that is all beside the point. 
I love to share wisdom and, and really try to fool people like I am abiding by my own wisdom. But I will say that I learn a lot from you guys, hearing you guys, hearing just career-wise even, you know, hearing you guys podcast, oh how you guys run this. I really do admire it so much. I love what you guys do. So it's an Thank honor, you. an honor to be on and chit chat and, and go over these. I mean, so great to have you on. If you uh, like watching us, we obs are obsessed with literally just your we meteoric just, like, rise. Well, that's so study at your feet. You're truly. definitely too kind. You know, looking looking down from above. Definitely. So not. anyway, really quick. Yes. If anyone on this podcast is not listening to the bad broadcast, please, Maddie, where can they find you? What episode do you recommend they start with? Oh man, what episode to start with? I don't even know. I mean, some people go back and start from the beginning, and it like makes me cringe because it's just like. I just think about my early episodes and I'm like, please don't hold me to anything I thought or said there. But yeah, so bad broadcast out every Monday. My Patreon is paused for maternity leave at this current moment, but it will start back up again next year. Well, I shouldn't say next year, probably like next March ish is when I'll start Patreon up again. But yeah, every single Monday. Yeah, the episodes start with, I mean, there's, there's a lot of sand faves. Worst in-laws is usually where people really like. I do a lot of listener submitted things. So Worst in-laws, bad dates, bad breakups. And then, yeah, every now and then, I mean, I toss a pop culture one in. We just recorded a great pop culture scandal episode. So, yeah, hopefully there's a little a little bit for everybody. But every Monday, I'll be there. Head on over to the Bad Broadcast. Love Thank it. you again for coming on. Thank you, guys. And, yeah, just please, everyone, enjoy those gingerbread cookies and get back to your families. <laughs> <laughs> bye. Oh, bye, guys. <laughs>